So our next scripture reading this morning comes from the first letter of St. Peter. Hear now God's word for you today. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being per protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith be more precious than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, may all that we do and say in this day be well and good in your sight. Amen. All right, so I gotta know. I gotta know. How many happy football fans do we have this morning? Okay. So since I attended college in Ohio, 30 miles outside of Columbus, no less. I am a fan of Michigan and Michigan State in general until they play one another. Then it's all about the green and the white for me. I have too many Spartan grads in my family with four more graduating in the very near future. I was just curious, but I'm very happy to see that everyone seems to be getting along with one another this morning and that you haven't divided yourselves up like Congress. So thank you. So it is truly a wonderful thing that the church recognizes a day like today, All Saints Day, even though it's actually tomorrow. The origin of All Saints Day cannot be traced with certainty, and it has been observed on various days in different places. The first evidence for the November 1st date of celebration and of, and of the, and the broadening of the festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs occurred during the reign of Pope Gregory III, and he reigned in 731 to 741. He dedicated a chapel in St. Peter's, Rome on November 1st in honor of all saints. In 800, all Saints Day was kept by Alcuin, not sure I said his name right, on November 1st, and also appeared in a 9th century English calendar on that day as well. Then in 1837, Pope Gregory IV ordered its general observance. In medieval England, the festival was known as All Hallows, and its eve is still known as Halloween. The period from October 31st to November 2nd is called All Souls Day, and it's sometimes known as All Hallow Tide. And that's one word, All Hallow Tide. Isn't that a cool word? So Rosedale especially, 
with our own personal history of making sure this day and this worship service is special. It is a tradition to be kept and honored. Not only is it a wonderful opportunity to be able to remember those we have lost as a faith community in the past year, but at the heart of all of it is the Christian message. The message that Jesus Christ could not be held in the tomb, death does not have the final say, and that love indeed is stronger than death. But it can also be a difficult day too, as many of us revisit the pain and grief of losing someone and, and the grief of being without a cherished loved one who has passed on. After all, grief is the price we pay for love. And as painful as it can be sometimes, we know in the end it's worth it. In 1993, the brilliant poet Maya Angelou penned the following. When I think of death, and of late, the idea has come with alarming frequency. I seem at peace with the idea that a day will dawn when I will no longer be among those living in this valley of strange humors. I can accept the idea of my own demise, but I am unable to accept the death of anyone else. I find it impossible to let a friend or relative go into that country of no return. Disbelief becomes my close companion and anger follows in its wake. I answer the heroic question, death, where is thy sting? With, it's here in my heart, and my mind, and my memories. Maya Angelou is quoting St. Paul from this letter to the church in Corinth as she asks the question, death, where is thy sting? To which Paul points out that the sting of death has been removed by Jesus' victory over the grave and the hope of the resurrection. But Maya Angelou also speaks truth, doesn't she? As her answer to the question is that the sting of death is right there in her heart and mind and memories. And we all can relate. Even those who have the utmost confidence and trust and belief in Jesus Christ and faith in the resurrection, we still hurt with the sting of grief. It's not easy at all to let the reality of God's truth overpower the pain of our humanity. But that doesn't make us any less faithful. Even Jesus wept with grief over the death of a friend. But the last thing that All Saints Day is, is about death. When All Saints Day is truly about life. And we have days like today where we are reminded of all those amazing people who have gone before us and have laid groundwork for us in our understanding of what it means to truly be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We rejoice in spite of the pain of our losses, both individually and collectively. I really love the passage that I read for us all from the book of 1 Peter, and he describes this idea beautifully. Peter was arguably Jesus' closest friend, and in spite of that, 
Even Peter struggled a great deal with his own understanding of Jesus and his teachings before Jesus' resurrection. Yet after Peter discovered the empty tomb and witnessed his risen Lord, Peter became a force in the creation of the Christian church and an integral part in its early days in spite of threats on his own life from Rome and the religious elite. In fact, Peter would eventually lose his life for the sake of sharing the good news of Jesus as he was eventually crucified as well. But at some point during his ministry, he wrote this amazing letter, imploring his readers to give praise to God for our living hope. He makes mention of our inheritance in heaven, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, a coming salvation. And because of this inheritance, we have reason to rejoice. Yet there is also a recognition that our inheritance and our salvation comes from death. And when we experience the death of a loved one, we suffer grief and all kinds of trials. But then Peter kicks it in with the good news, and the good news is this. These trials have come, says Peter, so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So I love that idea of a faith that is more precious than gold, even though the gold has been refined by fire and made pure. And I was intrigued to think that people in the ancient world knew enough science to know that heat could remove impurities. So I was interested to learn a little bit more about the refining process. And what I found about our modern day refining process really hurt my head. So let's see if you can make better sense out of this than I can. So the Miller process of refining is rapid and simple, but it produces gold of only about 99.5% purity. The Woolwill process increases purity to about 99.99% by electrolysis. In this process, the casting of impure gold is lowered into an electrolyte solution of hydrochloric acid and gold chloride. Under the influence of an electric current, the casting functions as a positively charged electrode or anode. The anode dissolves and the impurities either pass into solution or report to the bottom of the electro-refining tank as an insoluble slime. The gold migrates under the influence of the electric field to a negatively charged electrode called the cathode, where it is restored to a highly pure metallic state. Abby, can you help me with that? <laughs> She's an AP chem, so I'm sure she was all over it. So there's a reason why I dropped out of the sciences early on in my college career. The fact that I'm not sure I understand, understood a word of what I just read, and the fact that I flunked vertebrate zoology. But that's a whole other story. But in ancient times, though, they simply used some really, really hot furnaces and melting pots 
and skimmed off the top the stuff they didn't want. So there you go, gold refining 101 with Dr. Kate. But don't try this at home because you need your furnaces to get up to a thousand degrees Celsius. So at Christmas dinner with my extended family in 2014, I was talking to my then 16-year-old niece. That year my niece had lost both of her grandmothers. We also had quite a bit of loss in our extended family. And just days prior, she had lost her dog. As my niece overheard her dad and my brother talking about the loss of their family pet, she broke down with the weight of grief and cried out the question of why to those of us gathered in that space. I could see and feel the depth of her grief, but I was also troubled by her acute sense of hopelessness and my sadness for her increase all the more. I was sad because she didn't have grounding in a sense of God and his presence and goodness, a sense of a God that offers hope, even if it is just a smidge in a sea of adversity and pain. I wondered how she was going to face the challenges of her life ahead without a sense of God and this hope that he brings. And this is often a question I ask myself about anyone who is facing great adversity and loss with no faith to hold them up. So regardless of where you may find yourself in your faith, whether you are skeptical or 100% sold out for Christ, simply by placing yourself into a space of worship, whether you are physically here in the sanctuary, if you are worshiping with us live online, or if you're listening to this podcast while driving in your car later on this week, you have taken a step towards refining your hope simply by being open to the possibility that there is more to the story of life than any of us can fully understand. Because you see, Jesus is more than just a sweet story of a baby born in a barn and a man healed. The reality of Jesus is the reality of hope. That death isn't the end, but only the beginning. Biblical hope is not just wishful thinking, but it is a firm conviction. And hope is more precious than gold especially a hope that has been refined by the fires of life, a hope that has withstood disappointment and loss, a hope that has been shaped and molded by the truth of Jesus Christ and the life that he lived. Peter goes on to write this, Though you have not seen Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Faith is precious, like gold. And faith is passed on from generation to generation like an heirloom of sorts and a legacy that is more precious than any inheritance one could hope to receive. And when we reflect back on the lives of loved ones 
who have passed on, and, we, and when we consider the trials and difficulties they may have faced in their lives, we can then be assured that they are enjoying more riches in heaven than we could ever imagine. So today, as a community of faith, we specifically recognize the losses of those from our congregation from this past year, yet we also take the time to recognize all those that we have lost the years over and give God thanks for the joy of their lives and what they taught us about faith. Maybe you know dozens of names on this wall, and maybe you know no one. But we are all sitting here in this space today as beneficiaries of those saints who have gone before us. And we sit in this space with the recognition that we long for something more. We hope for something more. Today just so happens to be the 27th anniversary of my dad's passing, and I am grateful for the faith that he and my mom passed on to me and my siblings, a faith grounded in the love of Jesus Christ, and a faith that daily gives me hope that I will one day see my dad and my mom and many, many others again. The fires of my grief have refined my hope. And it is my prayer that this is the same for us all. Thanks be to God. Amen.